Chapter Sixteen of the Castaways of the Flag. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Castaways of the Flag by Jules Verne. Chapter Sixteen. Conclusion. It actually was the unicorn which had just dropped anchor at the mouth of Deliverance Bay. All the repairs effected, Captain Littlestone had left Cape Town after a stay of several months, and at last had reached New Switzerland, of which he was to take official possession in the name of England. Captain Littlestone now learned from Captain Gould's lips the events of which the flag had been the stage. As for what had become of that vessel, whether Robert Brupt was playing pirate in the ill-famed waters of the Pacific, or whether he and his accomplices had perished in some furious tornado, was destined never to be known, and was of little consequence to the islanders. It was an immense satisfaction to the two families when they found that the dwelling at Rock Castle had not been sacked. The natives had probably contemplated taking up their quarters there, intending to settle on the island. There was no damage done to the bedrooms or halls, no sign of pillage in the outhouses or stores, no havoc in the orchard or adjoining fields. They recovered all the domestic animals which had scattered in the neighborhood. The buffaloes Storm and Grumbler, the Ostrich Whirlwind, the Monkey Nip, the Onager Lightfoot, the Cow Paleface and her Meadow Companions, the Bull Roarer and his Stable Companions, the Asses Swift, Arrow, and Dart, the Jackal and Jenny's Albatross, which had flown across the arm of the sea between Shark's Island and Rock Castle as it could not be very long before several ships dispatched from england would arrive with colonists in their stores it became necessary to choose the site for new buildings it was decided that these should be erected along the banks of jackal river up towards the fall rock castle would thus be the first village of the colony pending the time when it should have grown into a town no doubt in the future it would rank as the capital of new switzerland for it would be the most important of the little towns which would grow up in the heart of the promised land and beyond. The unicorn was under orders to remain at Deliverance Bay until the immigrants arrived, so animation reigned along the coast from Falconhurst Beach. Three weeks had not elapsed before a ceremony, which it was agreed to make as brilliant as possible, brought together Commander Littlestone and the officers and crew of his ship, Captain Harry Gould and the boatswain, and all the members of the Zermatt and Lalston families, now to be united to one another in still closer bonds. On that day, the chaplain of the Unicorns celebrated in the chapel of Rock Castle the marriage of Ernest Zermatt and Hannah Walston. It was the first wedding on the island of New Switzerland, but the future would no doubt see it followed by many others. And, in point of fact, two years later, Frank became the husband of Dolly Walston, on this occasion it was not in the humble chapel that the pastor of the colony gave his blessings to the happy pair. The ceremony was held in a church erected midway between Rock Castle and Falconhurst in the avenue. The steeple, rising above the trees, was visible three miles out to sea. No need to dilate further upon the progress of New Switzerland. The fortunate isle saw the number of its inhabitants increasing every year. Deliverance Bay, well protected from the winds and waves, offered excellent anchorage for ships, and among these the Panas Elizabeth cut no bad figure. Regular communication with England was established. 
This inaugurated a most profitable export trade. By that time there were four more villages, Woodgrange, Sugarcane Grove, Eberford, and Prospect Hill. A harbor was made at the mouth of the Montrose River, and another at Unicorn Bay, the latter connected with Deliverance Bay by a good carriage road. Three years after New Switzerland had been taken possession of by England, her population exceeded 2,000. The British government had left the colony her autonomy, and Monsieur Zermatt was elected to the position of governor of New Switzerland. Heaven grant that his successors may be as good as that excellent and worthy man. A detachment of troops from India garrisoned the island after fortifications had been constructed at Cape East and Cape Deliverance, formerly known as Fossil Point, so as to command the arm of the sea which gave access to Deliverance Bay. Of course, this had nothing to do with any fear of savages, neither those of the Andamans and Nicobars, nor those of the Australian coast. But New Switzerland's position in these waters, besides offering excellent anchorage for ships, was of real importance from a strategic point of view at the entrance to the Sundu Seas and the Indian Ocean. It was only proper, therefore, that it should be provided with means of defense. Such is the complete history of this island from the day when a storm cast a father, mother, and four children upon it. For twelve years that brave and intelligent family worked without ceasing, and set in operation all the energy of a virgin soil, which was rendered fruitful by the magic climate of the tropic regions. And so their prosperity had never ceased to grow, nor their welfare to be increased, until the day when the arrival of the unicorn enabled them to establish relations with the rest of the world. As has been related, a second family voluntarily threw in its fortune with theirs, and materially and morally existence was never happier than in the fertile domain of the promised land. Then began a period of severe trial. Ill fortune fell upon these good people. They knew the fear of never seeing again those for whom they were waiting, and the peril of being attacked by a horde of savages. But even in the darkest hours of that unhappy time, they never lost faith in providence. Then at last bright days return, and never again are dark ones to be feared for the second fatherland of the two families. And now New Switzerland is flourishing, and will soon be too small to receive all those who are attracted to her. Her commerce is finding outlets in Europe as well as in Asia, thanks to the proximity of Australia, India, and the Netherlands' possessions. Most fortunately, the nuggets found in the gorge by the Montrose River proved to be very rare, and the colony was not invaded by gold-seekers, who usually leave nothing but disorder and misery in their train. The marriages which united the Zermatt and Wollstone families have been blessed by heaven. The grandparents will soon feel that they live again in their grandchildren. Only Jack is content with the nephews and nieces who clamber on his knees. He said he was a born uncle, and in that relation was certainly a great success. Though the island now forms part of the colonial dominions of Great Britain, it has been allowed to retain its name of New Switzerland in honor of the Zermatt family. End of chapter 16 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona End of the Castaways of the Flag by Jules Verne